Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ooh, tonight is one of those nights that it's hard not to panic, right? Phoenix Suns play one of the worst teams in the NBA, the Washington Wizards, okay? A team that has four total wins, the worst defense in the league, worst defense in the league. Hold on, I'm having technical difficulties right off the bat. No, we good. But playing against one of the worst defenses in the league, the Phoenix Suns somehow, some way, pull out a victory because it was not easy. They had to go 31. They had scored 31. While the Wizards scored 19 in the fourth quarter just to squeak out a four-point victory. But they do win. They're off the schneid. Your Phoenix Suns are back in the win column and 14-12 and now on the season. So to celebrate this monumental occasion on El Valle night and the Lendry Shamit revenge tour, which ultimately did not occur tonight, I am joined by none other than the Suns Geek. Brandon, what's going on? Thank God. Thank God it's over. Thank God we won. Thank you, oh. NBA gods. Amen, dude. Amen. <laughs> like, this is just this is one of those nights where I mean, and we'll definitely talk about all of these statistical uh, challenges that the Suns ran into in this game because they they played down to the level of the competition in every sense of the word. You know, that's that's just what occurred tonight, and that's not what you want when you're playing against the Wizards. This is a get-right game. It's a get-right opportunity. But the Suns still somehow, some way, found a way to make it as interesting as possible for us. And thankfully, they leave with a victory. Or I think that this arena would be on fire right now. And people would be riding. The, the, the chairs would be aflame. Uh, people would be storming the court. It would have been a whole thing if we lost this game, man. And you know me, John, I always keep it optimistic. I always keep it positive. But if they would have lost this game, man, even I would be writing and throwing a hissy fit and crying because it would have been that bad. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to a buddy I met up with at halftime, and I was saying the same thing. Like, I'd say that I'm a realist when it comes to the Suns, a little bit more on the positive side. I always try to be an optimist. uh, But at the end of the day, I am emotional. I'm a fan, too. And when I'm frustrated, I can definitely show it and, you know, I tweeted out at halftime. How the fuck are we supposed to do a podcast after this game if we lose it? Like, seriously, like, how could we do it? With everything that we've been through uh, up to this point in the season, now 26 games in, losing would be just an unbelievable low point. And still winning by just four. There's still a lot that we have to talk about on this podcast because there's still a lot of challenges the Phoenix Suns face. But at least we got the win, and at least we're sitting here talking, and, and we can smile a little bit, Suns Geek. So, uh, remind everyone where they can follow your content before we kick off this show with an ice cold beer. I hope you're having one for me. <laughs> uh, su- surprisingly, no, no ice cold beer. Unfortunately, I know I really need one though. Me too. Uh, especially me after too. the recent events with the Phoenix Suns. But you guys know where to find me. Just search Suns Geek, especially on YouTube. Uh, doing as many live shows as I can, videos, YouTube shorts. Follow me on X or Twitter. Uh, you know, TikTok and all that. Just search Suns Geek and you will find me. And you can follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter and read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. Make sure you follow my normal co-host, Matthew Lissy, who's living his, living his life tonight. Didn't have to go through this shit, that lucky bastard. Uh, <laughs> but pop him if you got him, Suns fans. I hope that you're having a nice cold beverage because me and the geek don't have one. So, yeah, I have a, I have a nice <laughs> diet water. <laughs> and, a, and, and, a, and a Dasani here. So... I need it, though. I need a beer. Yeah. You and me both. You and me both. (laughs) Well, let's kick off the show. The Phoenix Suns win tonight by a final score 
of one. They took it down off the arena thing. One twelve, oh, one oh eight. There you go. One twelve, one oh eight. They took it down. <laughs> what the hell? I normally just look up one twelve to one oh eight, narrowly defeating the Washington Wizards, which of course brings in my first question. Oi, Matty, mate, I've got to ask. So, Suns Geek, I've got to ask this question. Can the Phoenix Suns simply just not guard anybody who's under, like, five foot three now? Because after giving up 50 points to Jalen Brunson a couple nights ago, Tyus Jones comes out here, uh, 22 points, 11 assists, and once again, just like Brunson did, eviscerated the Suns' defense by actively and, and, and instantaneously and whenever he wanted to, just attacking the rim, and it, it was a, it was a layup line for him. So, so what's going on there, man? The Suns just cannot stay in front of their guy, and it makes absolutely no sense. I know it was preseason and everything, but I saw great defense during the preseason and maybe even a little bit during the early stages of the season. I'm not seeing that defensive tenacity, if you will, or that that aggressiveness, like like closing out on your man, staying in front of your guy, like. And I've been ha- I've been saying this on my show and in my videos. The Suns just let anybody drive to the rim, and not only that, I feel like the three point defense is really bad. Obviously, we witnessed that versus the Knicks and everything. It just makes no sense. I have not seen a team with this kind of defensive potential with a what was supposed to be a defensive minded coach in Frank Vogel be this terrible on defense. You know, if I read correctly earlier, the Wizards are like last in the league in defense and everything, but it really feels like it feels like the Phoenix Suns should be right on the bottom with them. And you know what, in all credit to the Wizards tonight, it was a good defensive Wizards game for them, really on both ends of the floor maybe up until the fourth quarter. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think that you you hit on it. They have a defensive-minded coach, but I think the challenge with the construction of this roster is they don't have any great defenders, right? So, like, who, who would you say is our best defender? Kevin Durant, I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's probably valid. Okay, after Kevin Durant, who's our best defender? Jordan Goodwin? If that's the case, we're Asha fucked. <laughs> okay, if that's the case, we're fucked. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if the Suns have this defensive stalwart and this defensively minded coach to come and take the reins of this team that is an offensively minded team, where and you don't provide him with any great rim protectors. I mean, Nurkic is a decent center when it comes to rebounding and physicality, and and uh, he's not a great rim protector. We knew that. Drew Eubanks isn't a great rim protector, so. You, you don't give him those options, if you will. Uh, and then you add to the fact that they don't have any lockdown defenders one through five starting on this team. Uh, all of their draft capital, or I'm sorry, our salary capital is in offensively minded, fantastically offensively minded, and a fantastically uh, talented offensive executors in Devin Booker, Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant. They're, they're not a good defensive team. And the hope was when James Jones and Matt Ishbia hired Frank Vogel that he would have the ability to come in here and provide uh, some defensive identity to this team, to provide some scheme, to download his knowledge and educate these guys on how to play some defense. Unfortunately, it consistently hasn't happened. It's becoming a theme of this season. I tweeted something out a couple nights ago after that Knicks loss, or, or yesterday morning, I believe, uh, as I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun saying that I am pessimistic that the Sun's defense will ever be good this season. Because if you look at what Frank Vogel has done in his career, uh, through for the first 25 games of the season, which is the mark that the Phoenix Suns hit after playing the Knicks, they don't have a great history of getting better throughout the season. Seven out of 10 times, they've gotten worse. So we're the 20th team in defensive rating this season. And it feels like we're getting worse. We're playing the Wizards. The Wizards. And, and we're yes, letting them be they are, they are as terrible as we are making them sound. But, of course, what Phoenix Suns, the Suns like to do is make terrible teams like the Wizards. Uh, they, make, they like to make them look good. And just real quick, John, let me just point this out. I'm just going to read you guys some, some names here. Nazir Little, Josh Akogi, Shemezi Metu, 
Utah Watsonade, uh, Utah Watsonabe, Kata Bates Diop. These are guys with like length and size and versatility. And I haven't seen really any of that. And really the biggest thing is the inconsistent defense on a night in and night, even sometimes a game like quarter by quarter. Um, I don't know how to phrase this, but it seems like the defense isn't consistent quarter by quarter game from game. That's the unacceptable part. You know, and th- and that's again an area where the, the Wizards did excellent tonight. Was maybe up until the fourth quarter, the Wizards' defense was great on the Suns tonight. Yeah, and I think that's a valid point. That's what's the confounding and frustrating thing for us as Suns fans is when we saw the acquisitions this off season. We're like, okay, I could see that making sense. KBD super long. Nasir Little super long. You Versatile. Super long. Uh, mm-hmm. All of these players were brought here, Janessi Metu, brought here to potentially be somebody uh, who can provide you with that defensive identity, right? You have these three amazing scores, and you put around them a lot of long guys uh, who hustle, who have something to play for. And I think that that's what they did this offseason that was very vital, was they brought in guys who weren't at the back end of their career, other than Aaron Gordon. They brought in guys who are young, are hungry, are looking for that next contract, who are all here on player options next year on veteran minimum deals, because if they have a great season here, they can cash in somewhere else. The way to have a great season here is to provide that defensive identity and be those complementary pieces to the Kevin Durant, Bradley Beals, and Devin Booker's of this team. We just haven't seen it to this point, and I don't think we're going to. And tonight, fortify that. Every person watching this game was worried as shit. Every person who was watching this game was frustrated. Sitting here in, in media row, we're all just looking at each other like, fuck, is this going to happen? Is this going to really happen? Are we really going to lose to the Wizards? Like, are the wheels completely falling off the wagon? What the actual fuck is happening? Yeah, absolutely, man. Again, it, it was one of those things where if we would have lost tonight, and you could even make an argument our next game, which I believe is against the Blazers, That's if we correct. lose that one, like, I don't know, man. And it's it's been inconsistency all season with defense, wins. Even our offense doesn't even look like that good. And that's sad to say when you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant who can pretty much win you a game by themselves. I don't know what's going on in Phoenix, but it's bad, man. It's the fact that it's 80 degrees every day and it's the middle of December. Like, <laughs> <You know. laughs> I'm, I'm walking into the stadium today and I wear I wear like a three-quarter, you know, and I'm sweating. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? The store of my life right now. Everything is just like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on? Uh, but let's talk about some of the players. We will play the drops on this podcast. For those of you who watched the last time, I was so pissed and so frustrated. I didn't play anybody's drop. Uh, but we'll start off with Devin Booker. So I think it's time to have a good Devin Booker conversation. Big. Dick Booker. So Devin Booker ends this game with a total of 27 points, 10 of 24 from the field. So not the most efficient night by Devin Booker's standards. And the biggest challenge, he's 3 of 11 from beyond the arc. Yes, 3 of 11, down, all that stuff. Amber is the color of his energy tonight because he was not good from beyond the arc. He had the eight assists. He had the four rebounds. But he had five turnovers and almost got called for five fouls. What did you see from Devin Booker tonight? And was it positive, negative, or you know, just another standard operating procedure night from Devin Booker? Not his best game. If it wasn't for that fourth quarter, this probably would have been Devin Booker's worst game of the season. And even on the defensive end, but that's nothing new because the Suns suck on defense. I will say, though, the the assists and, and the playmaking has really impressed me all season long as last time I checked, he is averaging eight assists on the season. But tonight, it really wasn't about that. It was just him having a bad game, again, on both ends of the floor. I think he kind of played a little bit too much hero ball to an extent. I mean, I think at halftime, he was one for seven from three, and it just did not look like a good Devin Booker you know, moment. Now, maybe that's credit to whoever was guarding him most of the night or just shots weren't falling because, as you saw in the first half, we were like two for 19, I think, from three. I don't even want to look at what we ended the get the night with three, which, by the way, it was uh, seven for 31. Great. Um, we couldn't hit a shot to save our <laughs> lives tonight. Devin Booker didn't get going to the fourth quarter is my point. It was just a bad game for Devin Booker, man. It was a bad game. And one thing that I'm starting to notice, and I'm going to start to really key in on, is how Devin Booker plays defensively. Because I was noticing it tonight, and, and it's almost like he's fallen into an old habit that he used to have. 
And that old habit that he used to have is on the as a weak side defender, he would always collapse to the paint. And he gave up numerous threes tonight by doing just that. The 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 Wizards would have the ball on the left wing, and Devin Booker's on the right wing uh, defending Kyle Kuzma, and he just he fades into that paint. And they're not penetrating. They're not. It's not like they're. It's a fade into the paint to try to stop a penetration. No, he's just sagging off his defender by 18 feet. And what do they do? They do that baseline wraparound pass, you know, and another pass to the three-quarter mark on the right wing, and then boom, yep. it's, it's a wide-open three because Ed Booker's in recovery mode the whole time. And we're seeing that a lot from Devin Booker as of late. Is a, is a, From a defensive standpoint, it's, it's a lack of engagement on the defensive end. And we talk about this kind of consistently uh, here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm sure you're talking about it. Uh, on the Suns Geek channel and things that are being written consistently on Brightside is how there's a there's a very obvious lack of attention to defense with this team. It starts with your stars. It starts with Devin Booker being engaged on defense. You know, he should be picking up guys three-quarter court. He should be the guy setting the standard, saying, you know what, I'm going to be the fuck-shit-up guy on defense because everyone else is going to follow that. But there's, you know, on that play that I was mentioning, he literally uh, sagged off. And it was him and Kevin Durant on the weak side. And, you know, Booker, like, points where at, at who's defender is. And Kevin Durant's looking at him like, dude, I'm on my guy. Like, you're not on your guy. And that, that's got to stop. And you mentioned it. If it wasn't a, for such a quality offensive fourth quarter for Devin Booker, it was, it was a bad game. It was a bad game for him against a bad team. And these are the games in which your big, big bookers need to show up and flex that schlong all over the competition because – it's the Wizards. You have to – the goal in this game is Devin Booker's not playing in the fucking fourth quarter, Sunsky. 110%. And here's the thing. If that bad defensive moment between Booker and KD, you said like where he pointed at him and KD was like, I was on my guy. If that happened and the Suns were having good defense all season long, we probably would, would have shrugged it off. We probably wouldn't even be talking about it. But that's pretty damn noticeable, and I agree with you 110%. Even on the offensive end, it should start with your stars. And again, man, I I cannot repeat this enough. I haven't seen any great defense really all season long, and the offense isn't there either. And you know when the two stars are kind of pointing at each other and talking to each other that something is wrong. I hate to take it to that level, but I saw it a couple times tonight, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it too, but – KD did all he could offensively and it just didn't really seem like it mattered. And and look like, you know, this is basketball. I mean, teams are going to be in the games, especially if you let them shoot and get hot from three and everything, but it's just different when it comes to like a rebuilding team, like the wizards. And then maybe tomorrow with the blazers and all that, we should be winning these games. We should be benching Devin Booker, you know, late in the fourth quarter, this game should be out. You know, it should be done with like midway through the fourth quarter. And it seems like most of the games this season are super close when they really shouldn't be. And it's, it's, you know, we should be in close games with, you know, better teams in the league, contending teams, not the worst teams in the league is what I'm trying to say. And I hate it when we play down to the level of our competition. Yeah, exactly. That's how I should have worded it. Yeah, but it's exactly what happens. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just basketball. We get that. So I, I want to answer a couple of comments before we go on to other players here. Uh, Joey, Lucio in the chat. John, do we get in if we bounce uh, Frank and make moves at the deadline or is the season over? <laughs> One, you don't bounce Frank. Period. Thank you. Thank point, you. 100%. Okay? Thank you. As frustrated as we are, I want all Suns fans to hear this, okay? You need to hear this because y'all are like Nick Cannon, okay? You're wilding out, Okay. <laughs> We are frustrated with Frank Vogel, and we are frustrated with the fact that this team is not providing any of the defensive identity that we believe that he would bring. But the solution is not to hit the reset button 25 games into a season. It will get worse, much, much worse if that occurs, okay? Understand that. At the end of the season, there's conversations that need to be happen that, that need to occur and, and should happen. And at that time, we can have that conversation. But everybody needs to get off of the Frank Vogel needs to be fired bandwagon what's out there earl watson you're gonna pull some analysts off of nba tv and all of a sudden he's gonna instill some amazing thing no it's a peak in a valley right and there's peaks in the season there's valleys in the season and here in the valley we are in a valley okay and that's just the way that it goes so you don't you don't bounce the coach moves made at the deadline it's another thing i want to remind suns fans of there's not a lot of moves to be made 
with the way that this roster is built, okay, we're so happy to have Kevin Durant. And we're tickled pink <laughs> that we have Devin Booker. And oh my God, Bradley Beal with his no trade clause. We have all of these things, right? Because we have these very nice things, it negates any flexibility with our roster. Unless you're trading Grayson Allen, who's about a $9 million a year contract. Which don't do, Nick, by the way. Which don't do. I completely, I completely agree. Do not do that. Or Nasir Little, who's a $6.4 million a year contract. Everybody else is on a better minimum deal. Unless you stack like five people. And again, you have to look at the other side of the equation. How is that appealing to anybody out there? How's anybody like, you know what? I'll take five of your guys and you can have my guys worth six million. Let me do you that solid. It's not gonna happen. It's not how it works. So we're kind of stuck with what we have, right? We kind of, the PJ Tucker talk, all that fun stuff. Like PJ Tucker is a pipe dream. It's not gonna happen. I, would I love for us to just wave bull bull, bring in PJ Tucker after he's been bought out by the Clippers at some point? That'd be fantastic. But even if you get that, like, I, I, how many fucking buyout guys have changed the courses of seasons in the NBA? They just don't happen. A- a- am I missing anything on Frank Vogel or making moves at the deadline? I am so glad you talked about this. Thank you. Suns fans, if you didn't hear it from John just now, Frank Vogel is not getting fired. This is not NBA 2K. You can't just press a button and fire a coach. And as John said, it would make things 110% worse. You guys think it's worse now, Suns fans? It would get even worse if we fired our head coach. Now, look, that does not excuse the terrible defense this far into the season. But Frank Vogel is a good coach. And whether you think it was an asterisk or not, he has won a championship before, and he's gone really far into the playoffs, and he's had good defensive teams. Frank Vogel is not getting fired. Suns fans are just acting like spoiled little brats and everything when they say that. It's not going to happen. And also, you know, I do agree with you. You know, look, maybe James Jones can cook up something, but there's no trade really on the horizon, at least right now in December 17th or 18th, whatever day it is. It's not going to help. And look, I love P.J. Tucker, man. I love him. He's one of my all-time favorite Phoenix Suns, but he's not going to save this team. And by the way, can I go on another quick little rant here? Just because, just because a player becomes available, like they get waived or released or whatever, doesn't mean the Suns are interested in them. They probably look at that player and go, okay, he's available. All right, let's focus on our team now. It's not going to happen, Phoenix Suns fans. Just relax. Calm down, guys. I'm sorry. I just had to go on that little rant there. Firing I'm with, Frank I'm with you, though. Answer. I'm with you. And again, like the season is long. and We go through this a lot. Right, like we've been through this as Suns fans throughout our entire existence as Suns fans. You just need to chill. It's the 26th game of the season. Are are we being driven nuts right now? Are we going crazy? Yeah, because we care. You know, it's like Suns Fever 83 says in the chat. I almost jumped off the bandwagon today. Glad I was able to hold on. <laughs> Clearly being facetious, but that's how we all felt today. I was even me. Off- I can't be a hypocrite. I agree. Yeah, I was. I was about to jump off the second deck here yep. at the Footprint Center and land on some unsuspecting fan who was pounding nachos because I can't take it anymore. Like I'm just like, what am I doing? Am and I we cover the team, man. This is our job. I know. It's like we love doing this, but it also drives you a little bit nuts. But that's what yep. fandom is, right? It stands yep. for fanatic, and we're all clearly fanatics, and we're all very emotionally invested, and so we feel these. The, I mean. You know what it's like when you watch a different basketball team. Okay, example. I was watching the Jazz and the Kings last night, and Keegan Murray scored 12 fucking three-pointers in the third quarter. It was insane. And you're sitting there, and you're watching. You're entertained. Like, this is fun. Basketball's fun because you have no emotional connection to it. When you watch the Suns, every play, you're finding four things that are wrong that happen on that play. And we still hit a three-pointer on the the play. That's just how it goes. That's what being a fan is. So – I know that a lot of uh, uh, people know that and probably don't need to hear it, but I thought I'd it's throw true, it out there into the ether, you know. But we all we all want to jump off the bandwagon a little bit. But you know what keeps you back on? The fact that you have Kevin Durant on your team. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. Quick side note, Devin Booker played 41 minutes tonight against the fucking Wizards, man. That's so goddamn unacceptable. Uh, but Kevin Durant, 28 points, 11 of 24 from the field. So he, too, had an inefficient night. Both he and Devin Booker took 24 shots. Devin Booker at 10. Kevin Durant hit 11. 0 of 2 from beyond the arc because everybody sucked from beyond the arc in this game. 
He had five assists. He had five rebounds. He had one steal, one block, a couple turnovers. What did you see from Kevin Wayne Durant tonight, Sun Key? You know, it's kind of funny because I was giving Devin Booker a hard time. And trust me, after tonight, he does deserve it. But, like, you could tell Kevin Durant was a little frustrated, not just with the team, but kind of with himself, I thought. Because, again, you mentioned it. He wasn't very efficient. But in a weird way, his game was a little cleaner, if you will, than Devin Booker's. Probably because he didn't turn the ball, ball over that much and didn't really get into foul trouble, competed on defense and everything. But you could just tell there's a little frustration going on. But hey, I mean, you know, had pretty much the same points as Booker. Somehow, some way that happened. And, you know, it's Kevin Durant, man. I just, I'm waiting to see like a real takeover type game from KD. I feel like we've seen that like through stretches this season. But I want to see like KD, like from the jump, just take over a game and dominate, especially on the offensive end. However, I will say that poster dunk he had in the fourth quarter, that was like vintage KD. I want to see more of that, man. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't he, – he was he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't suck. And the best, <laughs> yeah, parts this, the best parts of this game were Kevin Durant and, and when he gets hot. And I don't know if you saw the press conference after the Knicks game when Kevin Durant was talking about how Jalen Brunson, when he was hot, how the team kept feeding him. Yep. And there was a stint in this game where Kevin Durant started to heat up and then the Suns started running sets away from him. And I was thinking about it again, and I'm afraid. I'm afraid that Kevin Durant's going to start to get a little bit frustrated. And I don't want frustrated Kevin Durant, not with our organization. I want Kevin Durant to retire here in Phoenix. I want him to play till he's 39 years old because with a jump shot like that, you can. And I think that the Suns need to do everything they can to ensure that they're keeping him happy. He's having some deja vu, Right. Bradley Beal is hurt. I think I saw some statistic today that in their time together in uh, Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden played a total of 3% of total games together. And like this year so far, the Suns are at 2% uh, with Beal, Booker. You know, so it's deja vu. And then you're seeing other guys go for 50 and how the team is feeding him. And, you know, in Kevin Durant's case, that hasn't necessarily occurred. Uh, In this game, though, you know, he too was having a hard time on defense uh, and, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk because that's everybody, everybody on this team. Is, I, I, you know, I just kind of, I'd say, I've, I wouldn't say that I roasted Devin Booker for his defensive uh, acumen lapses. or his, yeah. your lapses. That's a good word. His mm-hmm. defensive lapses, especially when he's like on Tyus Jones or when he's doing back, back, uh, back side defense. But Kevin Durant is a health defender has been a step slow. And you can see that he's getting a little bit older now due to, uh, the miles that have been put on him throughout his 17-year career. And here in Phoenix, he's having to play so much. He's been one of our most healthy players. But I don't want him to be frustrated with the fact that they're not continuing to feed him when they should be feeding him. Uh, and it was Devin Booker. I mean, the best part of this game is when Kevin Durant was on the bench. Kevin Durant was on the bench, and the Suns, I forget what it was, they went like 13-2 and two or something Maybe it's higher than that. It was like 15-7. They, they put a good run on the Wizards yeah. at the front end of the fourth quarter. Yep. Kevin Durant was off the, the, the court. And I think that was absolutely huge. But feed this guy and set make do sets for him. You know, isolation yep. plays in the fourth quarter just isn't where it's at. And that's what he stopped doing. Like, they need to – like, Kevin Young, come on, man. Like, fucking scheme for this guy, dude. And real quick, in Kevin Durant's defense, too, it, sometimes that's just more of, like, momentum. Like, when the Suns did finally wake up and actually start playing good basketball and actually make shots, that's kind of more of, like, a momentum thing. I think Frank Vogel trusted his lineup and his guys in there. Because if I remember correctly, it was, like, Book – Jordan Goodwin, probably Nazir Little and Drew Eubanks and whoever else. I think that was kind of the momentum and good on the Suns to actually climb back into the game with Katie off the bench. And, you know, Frank Vogel, he sometimes plays players based off matchups, you know, depending on the other team. That's probably what he was going for there. But, yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant, it's, you know, I, 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 I'm, I, I hate to talk about this, but it's true. It's. It's body language. And I saw a little bit of that trending yeah. tonight, and it is true. I saw it trending not only on the court, but throughout Sun's Twitter and everything. It is kind of true, man. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier, you know, when Devin Booker and KD, you know, were pointing and talking to each other. But also there was a, a small segment where KD was upset with Chemezi Metu, kind of barked at him a little bit. Then he ended up, like, patting him on the butt and everything. But still, like, that's it's pretty bad. And that, and again, it all goes back to the Suns' terrible defense. If the Suns weren't having these defense pro, defensive problems, 
we may not be having this conversation. Yeah, I mean, it all comes back to that. And again, like if this team is winning by 14 or 15 points, yeah, fans, as I mentioned earlier, we're still going to find the deficiencies and the opportunities with this team. But it's it's kind of like said in jest or like, you know what, no big deal. But when games like this happen, it does become a big deal. Yep. Because those that body language is overanalyzed because the team's not you, it, that it's they feel like they're not happy they're not meshing the way that they should out there they're not they're not finding that that happy zone that is needed for this team to put put a run together we had that seven game win streak right ever since that seven game win streak now we're three and six since then and we have a tough schedule the remainder of this season i can pull okay? it up if you need me to do it yeah if you want to i mean you can yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll see we play Boston twice still. Oh, God. We play Milwaukee twice still. We haven't played the Mavericks yet. <laughs> we still got two against the Lakers. I don't think we played the Clippers yet. They're coming on. They're, yeah, they're playing great. Denver, I think we played just one time. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we, we've played the Blazers. We're playing them again uh, in a couple of days, but we've already played them like twice. Yep. You know, we've, just, we've already played the Wizards. We, we've played a lot of easy teams, and we're 14 and 12. Now, granted, we're 14 and 12. And there's so much of the season that lies ahead. But what we, you and I are discussing right now, Suns Geek, is some foundational issues that you have to be aware of because as this season progresses and the competition gets tougher, a crack in the foundation can start to extrapolate upon itself and it can tear the foundation apart. And that's what we're worried about as Suns fans, a lack of defensive intensity, a lack of uh, give a shit, if you will, yeah. lazy passes. I will say we had a lot of far fewer lazy passes, but I think that's because the Wizards are just a bad defensive team and they haven't done the proper scouting said, oh, if you just kind of pull the Jose Alvarado tactic and hang off to the side a little bit after a make this, you can pop right in there and get a steal. And it's been good for about two to three steals a game from the opposition. Didn't happen tonight because the Wizards just aren't that team. But these are a lot of foundational issues and Man, I really, I, I really hope that the Suns, you know, they fix them. They, they, they've got to fix them, man. They've got to fucking fix them. I, I don't know if this was really kind of what you were like aiming for. I don't want to like take all the credit for saying this, but I was talking to Trevor Booth, who I know you know, and he kind of yeah. made a good point. He's like, I wonder if this team like needs to be talking to Kevin Durant and Devin Booker like all the time, saying like, what do you guys need? Like, what are you seeing out there, et cetera, et cetera? Because, again, it all starts with your superstars, kind of how you mentioned earlier. It's like, I wonder if there needs to be more of that going on. And I see in the chat, like, the Suns need to go bowling together. The Suns need, need like, a, a team meeting or a players meeting. It might be true. You might just need, like, a day off from practice, get the team together, talk things over. I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> like you mentioned, a crack in the foundation. That's, that's that's so well worded, man. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and yes, they should go bowling together for uh, real. Because teams that bowl together stay together, and that's what's important, ladies and gentlemen. Bowling together. Let's <laughs> talk about Eric Gordon from Indiana University, number twenty-three. Eric Gordon. So Eric Gordon returned tonight, and it was nice that he could fill his his designated role, right? So for those of you who didn't watch the game and you're just coming home from a nice Sunday night out and you're like, hey, I didn't put myself through that bullshit. Maybe you went to the movie theaters. Uh, Took care of your mental health. <laughs> yes, yes. Had a good mental health rest day. Jeez, uh, I could use like a mental health week. For real. We're, we're right back at it. Uh, but Kevin Durant, Nasir Little got the start. Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Devin Booker. So Eric Gordon returned, went to the bench, played 30 minutes off the bench. And that's what we should expect from Eric Gordon. Five of nine from the field, including two of six from beyond the arc. 13 total points, a couple rebounds, uh, an assist, a steal. What I liked about Eric Gordon in this game was one to see him come off the bench because eventually that's where he needs to come from. I like Allen more as a starter than I like uh, Eric Gordon because I think that he can provide that offensive spark uh, that we need from our second team unit. And tonight, for the first time with him coming off the bench, because you got to remember, I think he started the majority of the games, he's definitely started. He started like 19 of his uh, appearances this year. Yeah. He generally, when he starts, he attacks the cylinder. Uh, and when he's, when he's coming off the bench, he kind of hangs back and just jacks up threes. He was attacking the cylinder a couple times tonight and putting pressure on the opposition. It was really nice to see him do that. 
It was also really nice to see him be one of our leading scorers, especially when we were not scoring the ball. And you mentioned it, just him attacking the basket, getting to the rim and everything, but also just him hitting shots. And also one thing I saw from him was just him slowing things down. And I kind of like that, especially like in crucial moments, kind of like in the fourth quarter, just slowing things down, taking the ball up, running the offense. And look, I am not calling Eric Gordon a good defender by any means, but there was one play in the fourth quarter. I even tweeted this. I think Jordan Poole uh, had the ball kind of in the – left corner or whatever. And he like almost spun around. Eric Gordon stayed with him and he like tried another move and Gordon was just on him. And I was like, that was great defense because Poole had to pass the ball out. I was like, that's the calmness and the veteran leadership that Eric Gordon brings to this team, man. And again, just him scoring the ball, but you mentioned it off the bench. We need more of that off the bench. Eric Gordon was great tonight, man. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yeah, and again, it's what's great about Gordon is he can be a closer for you. You don't need him to be a starter. Exactly. H- have him be a closer, which is what the Suns opted to do in the fourth quarter, uh, and because he brings that veteran presence, during the, the game, he's going to be somebody who can provide veteran presence to those other guys out there that we mentioned earlier. The, the You don't want Tanabis who didn't play tonight. Oh, darn. Um, <laughs> but Drew Eubanks, you know, all those guys are coming off the bench. I think that it's great to just have that guy's presence out there. Uh, but it's great to have him back, too. You know, it's it's unfortunate that Josh Okogie's still out because uh, as much as we're frustrated with his shooting this year, and I'll tell you, this is bad. His, his shooting's bad this year. We could have used him. We, we could have used his defense on this team, for sure. I mean, he is going to give you defensive effort, and that's what is sorely missed. And I hope that Suns fans can appreciate that ever since he's been out with that hip injury, hip injury we've really had some bad-looking defense. So shout-out to J.O. on that. But I like what I saw from, uh, from Gordon. I want to get your thoughts on uh, Drew Eubanks. Big Crank Eubanks. This is probably the best Eubanks game we've had in about three weeks, I want to say. You know, he goes five of seven from the field in uh, 17 minutes played, 12 total points, five rebounds, a couple blocks, a couple boneheaded turnovers. <laughs> um, but what, what, what are your thoughts on Drew Banks? Is, is, he, is he Drew Banks too? or, or you, I, I've been classifying him as spew banks because he makes me want to throw up uh he didn't really want to throw up tonight even though his shoes kind of did his air jurassic park first off i'm a fan of the shoes i'm sorry i love those things especially the mismatched colors more nba players need to do that but anyways to answer your question he really he really was good man because again i credited him he he was in that lineup in the fourth quarter that kind of got us back into the game now i think he's getting a little too comfortable in the post a little bit, especially when he takes like a little too many steps and then gets called for the travel and everything. But I also like it. Like he's actually in the paint trying to get points and hustle rebounds and everything. But this was one of his better games of the season. It's much needed. He's just really inconsistent, man. I don't know if it's just foul trouble. I don't know if it's him just trying to find a role or rhythm, but we, we need Drew Eubanks to be a big body out there, set screens, you know, get put back plays and everything. We haven't seen much of that this season. I'm still a believer in him, though. I don't know why. I just really like what I've seen from him, you know, throughout stages of the season. But you're right, kind of the last, like, three weeks. Seems like he hasn't really played much, and he's been pulled out of games and everything. Inconsistent all over the board, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a big fan. I think he's a great backup center. I think he gives us exactly what we need from that position. And we know that inconsistency is going to kind of be part of uh, what that role is. When you have anybody who isn't Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, if you classify him as a center when healthy, <laughs> you, you're going to have inconsistency. We see that from Nurkic, uh, who we'll talk about here momentarily. So your backup center is going to be inconsistent as well. I've just been surprised at how inconsistent he's been. The thing that I noticed with him tonight is he definitely has physical limitations. The, he throws down some pretty awesome slam dunks, but in they're typically not in traffic. Yeah, in exactly. traffic, he's not uh, a high jumper. And it's funny because you know we honored Sean Marion the other night with 
uh, the Ring of Honor, who has had one of the best second Johnson second steps, not only in Suns history, but in NBA history uh, for, for my money. Facts. And and Drew Eubanks is like the anti-Sean Marion when it comes to his second step. If he goes up for a rebound and he doesn't get it that first step, like you best believe he is not going to get it on his second step. It is going to be ugly. But that being said, tonight, you know, he, he was valuable. And uh, I know I'm going to get the name wrong. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Dan, what? <laughs> Daniel Baker? Gafford? Daker? No, Daker Wordsmith in our in our chat said oh. there was a few minutes when Eubanks – oh, I'll talk about Gafford here in a second too when I talk about Nurkic. Uh, Eubanks, Goodwin, and Booker initiated the whole rally comeback. Yes, that was the key part in that fourth quarter. It was Eubanks, it was Goodwin, it was Booker. It was Eubanks uh, being physical and grabbing the rebounds that were much needed to negate those secondary possessions from, uh, from the Wizards. And it was Goodwin – mopping up the duty i mean a couple he had a couple putbacks that were absolutely huge and then dev booker all of a sudden he's like oh shit i do remember how to hit three pointers that's fucking fantastic so like what i see from eubanks uh want to see just know that that inconsistency is going to occur but man it was good to have him come out and finally give us a good game because like i said much much needed yeah we just needed somebody again like drew eubanks like eric gordon off the bench we need somebody to provide a spark you know whatever that was we needed it and i'm glad drew eubanks was there for us amen and who's he backing up well no no other than the nurkalicious man himself nurkalicious definition make them boys go crazy oh yusuf nurkic not the greatest game if you're looking at the box score right six points two of seven from the field 17 boards uh five Five assists one steal one block played physical and that's what i appreciated was his physicality in this game i tweeted something out that you know the kind of he he was playing bully ball something that our former number one pick never did (laughs) he was bullying daniel gafford tonight there's that one play where he turns around he knocks gafford over right then he dunks it right if you watch the ball comes down then hits gafford in the head and then like nurkic like walks over him it's such an embarrassing moment for gafford and then on the other end of the court Nurkic just boxed the shit out of him, and he, like, falls over on the box out. There was, like, a four-minute stretch there where, like, n- not of game time, but of real lifetime, where Daniel Gafford's manhood was just truly and utterly tested by Yusuf Nurkic, and he was going at him and enjoying going at him. You know, I'm going to sound like a complete old head here, but we need more players like Yusuf Nurkic in the league. We need more big physical men that will just throw it down on you and then just stare at you afterwards. Like you mentioned, man, just playing bully ball. They're getting physical, man. Even though Drew Eubanks has been consistent and everything, at least Drew Eubanks tries to be physical, and so does Yusuf Nurkic and everything. He was great. And by the way, two of those assists from Yusuf Nurkic were first off early in the – or two assists – out of the five that he had were early in the game, but two of those were backdoor cuts. Yeah, I believe one of them was Grayson the Brown and then Kevin Durant, man. We need more of we that, need more man. of that. And Yusuf Nurkic is great at that. He's great at finding those guys because that's probably the most underrated part of his game is his passing. And look, we kind of touched on this earlier in the show. I'm not like, like, yes, I want to see Yusuf Nurkic get like as many blocks per game as possible, you know, but like he can't do it all by himself. So, to an extent, I will defend him on like the shot blocking and the rim protection. Obviously, I want more of it because I was giving DeAndre Ayton the same shit when he was here. But like Nurkic can't do it all by himself. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm copping out for him or whatever, but I, I don't know. No, he gets paid half of what DA got paid. Like exactly. it's the same thing when we talk about the Shaman zone and like is Utah wants to not be in the Shaman <laughs> zone, right? Yes. Like everybody's response is like, well, he's not getting paid $10 million a year. And it's like, that's fucking correct. Yeah. And when I talk about like the Shamit zone, I'm not talking about like price or value paid with Shamit. Shamit was just an unconfident player who was running around on defense a lot of time. He had effort, he cared, but he just didn't know where to go and how to utilize his energy. And then he didn't know how to hit a shot when he was here, too. Precisely. <laughs> and uh, I did get a picture and I posted it to our Suns Jam Twitter uh, as I did see Landry Shamit walk off the court at the end of the game. Uh, from my vantage point, I couldn't see if he was on the bench. He didn't obviously come out for shoot around because he wasn't uh, playing tonight. He was out with an injury, and they they announced it right before the game. They're like, "Welcome back, Landry Shamit," and everyone's just like, "Cool!" Like it was like no booze, no cheers, just like 
everyone's like, yeah, I'm just going to continue ordering a hot dog. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Landry's back. But, you know, when it comes to the, the rim protection of Yusuf Nurkic, it's why I never get overly frustrated because he's not $32 million a year. He grabbed 17 fucking rebounds tonight. Exactly. Uh, 14 of those were on the defensive end, which means those weren't offensive rebounds for the Wizards, which has been a challenge recently for the Suns. Does he have his uh, his challenges offensively? Yeah, like he misses layups a lot. Yeah. Oh, well, like, again, he's not – the difference between him and DeAndre Ayton is DeAndre Ayton was this physical specimen that we expected to throw down and destroy human beings, much like Amari Stoudemire once did, and that's just not who your, Nurkic is going to be. Exactly. So when you compare the two – it's apples to oranges, in my opinion, because I look at the other the other things that have occurred in that trade, and one of them was Grayson Allen. Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Allen. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. There wasn't much that Grayson Allen was fucking shit up today. Like you mentioned, he did have a great bad back cut. First points of the game for the Suns on that back cut. Ends with 11 total points, one of six from beyond the arc. And the reason I wanted to bring up Grayson Allen really, really quick is he personified the challenges that the Suns had tonight from beyond the arc, right? They ended up shooting a total of 22.6%. And if memory serves me correctly, I think that's our worst performance from uh, three. From three sure feels season. like it. Our previous, uh, let's see, I got the stats up. Our previous worst was a loss at Philadelphia. We shot 25.7%. Uh, as I mentioned in this one, we ended with 22.6. We made only seven threes. Ugh. That ties our worst of the season. We've done it two other times. Once in a loss at Toronto uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and once in a win at Portland, we went seven of 17, which was 41.2%. So Grayson Allen, much akin to the rest of the Suns, just a bad night shooting three. Like you mentioned earlier, Suns, two of nine in the first, or I'm sorry, two of 19. Yeah, we're two for 19 at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so bad, gross. Man. Like if I'm out there, I could probably hit one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't. I wouldn't, I'd never be open. I have no lift on my jump shot. But at the same time, like it was just, it was it, just typical Suns. We're playing against the Wizards, one of the worst teams in the league, the worst defensive team when it comes to giving up total points and defensive rating. Yeah, let's just not make a fucking three tonight. Fuck them. And I'm I'm really glad you brought up games like the Raptors game because I remember being really frustrated after that loss. And again, you know me, I keep it pretty positive, but I do remember that Sixers game as well. And again, this is one of the weird things that I, for some reason, I'm personally having trouble trying to grasp. Like, I don't know if it was just terrible Phoenix Sun shooting, which that's probably the answer, or if it was just good Wizards defense. But of it course, was not. of course, we would let the Wizards have good defense against us because we're the Phoenix Suns. You know what I mean? But again, man, I feel like we kind of talked about this earlier inconsistency like why can't we put the ball in the basket with some of these players on this team like KD book Grayson Allen etc I don't get it man it makes no sense well that's the frustrating part right when you look at like let's just say Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen okay they combined tonight for three of 12 from beyond the arc okay let's say that they hit four total we win by seven points. Okay, let's say that they hit five total. Boom, now we win by 10 points, and we're not talking about this. It wasn't good defense that we went up against. It was just simply poor shooting tonight. It was off right. right from the get-go. Why do I think uh, one of the first plays of the game, great ball movement, and Sear Little in the corner brick. I'm like, shit, we're going to have one of these nights, aren't we? Like, this is the Wizards. Like, this is a team we should dominate. Like, watching the Kings play the Jazz last night, they just boat raced them. We haven't done that to anybody. Like, when exactly. did we boat race somebody this season? I mean, have that, we? That's what, what I kind of mentioned earlier, too. It doesn't seem like we have. I'm sure we've had, like, 15-point wins or whatever, but it doesn't really seem like it. Like, we haven't had a dominating victory from the jump. What do I always say on this channel and your, in my channel? I want to see the Suns at least compete for 40 out of the 48 minutes. I haven't seen that all season, man. Yeah, it's 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 – it's so true because there's the lapses that we've seen. I mean, the lapse in this game was quite simply the entire first three quarters. Yep. You know, I mean, they, they'd have a little bit of a uh, uh, 
a run and then they just instantly give up a layup and it was just it was over and over again where you're just like at what point are, are these lapses going to stop occurring at what point are the phoenix suns going to do what we've been waiting for them to do and that's just come out and just put 15-0 runs on teams i honestly thought that that's something we were going to see a lot more of this season just to just, I, I looked it up real quick while i was talking we beat the portland trailblazers by is that correct 29 points on Halloween. Oh no, we Sorry. lost by 20. We oh, lost by 20. <laughs> oh, I don't want to even go into it. This is cool. I'm telling you, man, it just it doesn't seem like it. It really doesn't seem like we've had like no. a blowout win, if you will. No, a comfortable win, man. I just want yeah, like comfortable a nice, win. comfortable win. Yep. Now, I will say that I was on the subreddit for the Washington Wizards, which is a lonely, lonely place. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I don't have very much to talk about because there was like four people in there the whole time. I've been to a lot of subreddits in my time. Let me tell you that, folks. And this was a subreddit that was very void of people. Uh, real quick, let's see if you can you see a yeah, I can see. court. It's awesome. There's like a million little kids out there on the court right now. They're all shooting basketball. And I'm going to screenshot like, that later. There you go. I got my phone up and then I got like my computer so, up so I can control the drops and everything. This is production at its finest, <laughs> Jamsters and, and Geek Squad. But here's what we had from the subreddits of the Washington Wizards. Uh, how the hell does Grayson Allen have gray hair? Valid question. And this this is a this is a great comment. I want to talk to you about this. Somebody said, the Suns piped in sound, defense, defense is sad, LOL. Do you think that the piped in sound of defense is sad? Not really. <laughs> I think it's one of the worst parts about experiencing a game at the arena. I honestly do. Every time the opposition has the ball in the fourth quarter, they just pump in that defense, defense. It gets super loud here. It's unorganic, and I just don't like it. Like, this team, this this crowd tonight, like, kudos to this crowd tonight. They were at the edge of their seats. Anytime the Suns did something good, this place would fucking erupt. I don't know if it's, like, a weekend crowd versus, like, a weekday crowd. Because right. the weekday crowds, I feel like, Every, it's the whole Sean Marion thing, right? Where people stated, and Matthew, who was at the game and uh, sitting right up here at press row, said that about half the stadium left um, prior to the Sean Marion induction. You know, whereas tonight, every little, like when we were hitting threes, when we finally went into three, the place would go nuts. But I hate that there's an unorganic defense, defense thing in the arena, and it's noticeable on TV. And Maybe they need that's... to tone it down, I guess. That's probably why I didn't think it was so bad. If they toned it down a little bit like i get it you want to get the crowd going but yeah if they're doing it like every five seconds every time we are on defense that, that in the fourth crazy. they do and it's just yeah, annoying yeah. it's really really loud it's like a club in here i'm telling you <laughs> uh i'm glad seeing goodwin become a rotational player you gotta remember obviously jordan goodwin came from the washington wizards in the trade for bradley beal uh one of the craziest success stories in the league you rarely ever see two wide two-way guys find an actual spy in the nba preach uh uh, I miss Goodwin. I didn't know what the call was like between Dawkins and the Phoenix front office, but I wish they managed to keep him. So a lot of a lot of the, the 18 comments that were in this subreddit uh, was generally like just just so you know, like when you're playing like the Warriors, there's like over 2,000 comments in the subreddit. There was like 40 total comments in the Wizards one tonight, and I think it was the same guy. Uh, Devin Booker looks like Lego version of himself. Another BDI comment, you bastards. Uh, Suns sub in complete meltdown. And somebody said, yeah, two from 19 from three against our perimeter defense. I'd be heated too. And that is a subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right. It's time to hand out some Jam Star. And this one could be interesting. Jam star of the game. I like what Corey Flynn says in the chat. Steve Kerr was right about that shit. It's horrible with constant pumped-in noise blasting. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. When Steve Kerr said that, I'm like, yeah, he's kind of right. Kind of right. Techno club music, Steve Kerr, you know, Haley says in the chat. So this is a reminder to anybody who's watching, whether you're joining us on the Suns Jam Session 
uh, YouTube or Facebook or Twitch or Instagram or wherever the fuck you're watching this, uh, or if you're on Sunscoop's channel and his socials, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. I'll let you go first as you are the guest here on the Sun's Jam Session side, Sunscoop. And I feel like this is kind of a tough one. You know, Booker has 27, KD has 28. Who are you giving the jam star to? My boy, Eric Gordon, man. I was hyping him up throughout the show, man. And for the most part, besides the injuries and maybe a few off games here and there, I think he's been pretty damn good all season long. And you know me, I like to do my honorable mentions here. Honorable mention, I don't mind talking about this afterwards. Jordan Goodwin, man. I, I liked what I saw from Jordan Goodwin tonight. Oh, shit, there's Landry Shamit down there. Hey, go get an autograph. He's got, he's, <laughs> Live he's on like the pod. He's got like a bottle of wine. <laughs> somebody <laughs> gave him somebody gave him. Probably Devin Booker, man. Devin Booker's always got wine on him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did you see uh, real quick? Sorry to interrupt. Did you see them like engage with Landry Shamit at all? Like any of the players? Like no, and I uh, no, because one half the the entire roster is different. Like the only guys who would engage with him would be Devin Booker. And Devin Booker's not very engaging. And even at the end of the game, like Landry hung off to the Wizards side until the majority of people left. Then he walked over. I mean, if you see the picture that I took, you'll see he's kind of by himself walking off the court, which he was kind of a late walker offer, if you will. Right, right. Um, I'm going to go with Kevin Durant for the the jam star because Mm. I think that while it was Booker who led the fourth quarter resurgence that got the Suns a lead, it was Kevin Durant who closed out the game. He had that savage and one dunk at the back end of the game. That was uh, really big for this team. So I'm, I'm going to go with him. Taking a look at what some of the people in the chat say. David Ray says Booker and KD. AGW gives it to KD as well. Uh, Metal Mike's going to go and give it to Nurk. AGW does say KD's dunk. Metal Mike says Nurk. Uh, El Sol says rip the Band-Aid off and fire Vogel. I don't know if that's Jamstar material, but uh, it's not something I necessarily agree with. Uh, Suns Fever 83, Nurk with his 17 boards. John Tran, Jamstar is a mystery. KD for the poster dunk to seal the victory. Um, El Sol gives it to Nurk. A lot of a lot of Nurk, a lot of Nurk in this one. KD honorable to Nurk. So, uh, yeah, I like that. I think that's a good one too. I, I will not be against it. So, uh, looking at the schedule up next for the Phoenix Suns, we do play the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, that's right. The Portland Trailblazers, a team who. Uh, is currently, I think they now have the worst defensive rating in the league uh, after this one. Surprisingly. Um, and the wor- they have the worst net rating in the league. Wow. So this is a team that definitely, you know, just like what we saw tonight, it's a team that is going to be beatable for the Suns. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong season. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? They're that bad? Uh, 15th worst defensive rating. 25th worst net rating. So still, a team that we They're still be pretty bad is what you're saying. <laughs> Correct. Still pretty bad, even two years later. Yeah. Uh, but th- this is a team that the Phoenix Suns have already played once this season, um, and they did lose to us 120 to 107. That was an in-season tournament game. What are you looking for in this one? What have I, what have I been saying really throughout the entire podcast, man? Consistency just from the jump, man. And again, I get it. Kind of like we saw tonight. It's a tale of two halves quarter by quarter and everything. But again, like we should have done tonight, I want this next game to be be consistent all across the board, man. I'm not saying like everybody needs to be the jam star of the game. You know what I mean? But I kind of do mean that. Like I want everybody to play well, hit some damn threes, play great defense, play lockdown defense. And again, just from the jump, man, just take over the game. That's what I want to see. And, you know, if DeAndre Ayton plays or whatever, I want to see Nurkic just dominate him. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I see what you did. Dom Nurkic. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a team. We're, we're going on the road for this one. It's going to be on Tuesday up in Portland. Uh, definitely a beatable team. A team that was without Robert Williams. A team that's out with it without Ish Wainwright as well. Those are the two people on their injury report. So we should, we should see DeAndre Aiden. Uh, Scoot Henderson's had a really rough start to his rookie season. Somebody who high expectations, number two overall pick in the draft behind Victor Wembanyama and just hasn't found his footing. Uh, I know because he's on my fantasy team. He's finally starting to come around a little bit, but he still is having a lot of challenges with his consistency. Uh, he's just doesn't know when and where to find his shot. And from beyond the arc, he's he's absolutely garbage, as they would say. 
But if you take a look at, at them overall and some of their rankings, they're, they're a team that, you know, I, I think you said it best. From a consistency standpoint, you've got, you've got to be consistent uh, on offense and defense. There's a team that is last in the league in defensive rebounds and 26 in the league in total rebounds. Okay, now they're six in the league in, in uh, offensive rebounds. So you got to watch out that for that. kills us every single game. 100%. And the thing that I'm going to be really watching in this game, they're second in the league in steals. And we love to cough the ball up. And they play fast too. Exactly. That's what I exactly what I was leading to my next point. The team's gonna try to get out and run on you. They're gonna try to steal the ball, get out in transition. We know that the Suns, who are the 29th overall team when it comes to pace in this league, have a challenge with that. That's why the Spurs beat us twice. It wasn't because they were more talented, it's because they put pressure consistently on the Suns. They imposed their will. An issue that we've had with the Suns this season is the imposition of will. So We'll see what happens uh, on Tuesday in Portland, but looking forward to that game and looking forward to being at home to do the, the post game. I, I kind of like my my home studio, uh, watching them and you know <laughs> putting notes on my phone versus like being here waiting for everyone to, like get out of here and then talking through my iPhone. I was gonna actually use my normal microphone setup. I forgot one of the cords because I wanted the audio to be better. I, I started going through my bag. I'm like, I forgot the one cord that connects the microphone to the computer. It doesn't sound it, too bad though, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, God bless. AirPods, but yep. I, I, I'm OCD about how my podcast sounds. I want it to sound beautiful and gorgeous at all times because I care about you, the listener. So <laughs> anything else you want to add before we get out of here tonight, Suns Geek? <laughs> Two things, man. And I'm not trying to pick on this person who originally tweeted out. I'm not going to say his name. You can look it up for yourself. Some, Because I really Ooh. respect this person. Somebody tweeted out a trade proposal for Yusuf Nurkic. And as we were live just now, Yusuf Nurkic responded saying lol or lmao whatever the kids say nowadays <laughs> he he responded to that and it was hilarious so you know how it went on that little rant about frank vogel and we're not firing him Suns fans we are not trading use of nurkage you, you heard it here on this podcast we are not trading use of nurkage and again i think he's been one of our best and most consistent players also just a quick little small tangent on jordan goodwin because again yeah. He was part of that little fourth quarter comeback, if you will. Look, box score wise, he wasn't super great, even though, you know, he had eight rebounds and six assists, didn't shoot well and everything. But he, for some reason, I'm seeing a little bit of a trust factor with him and Devin Booker because it seemed like most of the possessions, Booker was finding Jordan Goodwin. I don't know if that's just Jordan Goodwin running all over the court, playing good defense and everything, maybe competing. You know you know how the Suns used to do that? They used to compete. Maybe that's, why that. Booker, maybe that's why Booker trusts Jordan Goodwin, man. I've been a fan of Jordan Goodwin ever since we got him, and I like that trust factor. That's why he was my honorable Suns jam, of the, Suns jam star of the game. Yeah, one thing I want to research is – Jordan Goodwin's on and off when Devin Booker's playing with him. Because I feel like when he's out there with Devin Booker, he's a different player. Right. But without without Booker on the court, he's not as efficient. And, and it's like, duh, when you have like a yeah. three-time All-Star next to you, yeah, you're going to play better. But I really want to see what those metrics look like. So I have to find out how to yeah, find those on that. the internet. Because uh, that would be a great subject of a piece for brightsideofthesun.com so a reminder everyone who's again thank you for joining us thank you if you're listening or if you're watching or if you're uh tasting uh the podcast enjoy i hope we i hope we taste delicious uh but we'll see you right here on the sun's jam session after every game next one's on tuesday uh, against the portland trailblazers so uh reminder everybody this is sun's geek right there it says it says on his license plate right there yep sun's geek right there uh, but remind everyone where they can follow you if they're watching you for the first time on my channel, which would be really weird, but it could happen. Yeah, just again, search Suns Geek, you know, on YouTube and credit to you guys for always going live after every game. Keep up the amazing work. And thank you so much for collaborating with me on this and allowing me to be part of these post game podcasts. But yeah, just search Suns Geek, you'll find me. At this point, I feel like I'm uploading every uploading every single day because it seems yes, like there's Suns are. news every single day. And you guys know me. If the news breaks, I'm probably going to be on it. So I encourage you guys to subscribe. But don't forget, though, the Suns Jam Session podcast live after every game. Go check out brightsideofthesuns.com. Follow John and Matthew. And, again, I love doing these post-game podcasts with you guys. I don't have to plug anything myself. You did it for <laughs> me. And as always – uh, love having you on the pod. It's always great to talk ball with you. We even talk about Theo Maladon. I mean, 
The Suns got a new player. We didn't even talk about him today. I made so. a YouTube short about there it. There you go. I'm going to watch that once I'm done Do here it. so I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm going to quote <laughs> you the whole time and give you no credit on the next podcast. So until then, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, jamsters and geek squad alike, go home, lovely family. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.